USC and UCLA are definitely the big winners with their move to the Big Ten, and not just financially, even though that was their primary motivation. Uh, however, the existing Big Ten conference teams, they also won. And not just with their bigger-than-they-anticipated new TV deal, now that will also include the L.A. market footprint. But with the city of L.A. joining the Big Ten Conference, it also means the fertile recruiting grounds of California are more open and available than ever before. So just how important will it be for USC to win immediately before they start playing in a more competitive conference? The recruits are watching. Let's talk about it on this episode of Locked on USC. Hello again, everyone. I'm your host, Mark Culkin. Thanks for listening to Locked on USC. And thanks for making Locked on USC your first listen every day. Locked on USC show is growing. And with each and every episode, we know your time is valuable. So thanks again for listening. We're here for you. We're free. And you can find us wherever you download your podcast. Okay, so... At the opening there, I mentioned um, how important is it going to be for USC to win now, Uh, especially as far as the recruits are concerned. Well, so far, uh, the feedback from from the California recruits have been overwhelmingly positive. Um, And not just by the uh, recruits who are, you know, USC and UCLA are after. Um, You know, with both programs now, stepping up um, to a better and definitely a more competitive conference, uh, top to bottom. Uh, I, I think winning now is very crucial uh, because, you know, the recruits understand that, you know, they have those, some extra opportunities uh, at some of those lesser brand schools in the Midwest. So, um, you know, they can still explore you know, the schools out here in the West, but, you know, now they can kind of look to those other Big Ten schools like um, Iowa, you know, Nebraska, Minnesota, Michigan State. Um, they become more appealing to the recruits who, you know, to those ones who maybe USC and UCLA slighted. Um, they can say, hey, all right, you know, I've got some more options now I can consider. So, if you know, if you do have some recruits out there who are looking to, you know, leave home, uh, they can say, hey, birthing parents mom, dad, uh, you know, I'll be home a couple of times during the regular season uh, when we play US, USC and UCLA. Uh, this should be an easy transition. So again, you know, USC, you know, they're one of those handful of programs that can recruit anywhere in the country. Um, Ohio State is one of those types of programs. They, they, they have national appeal. Well, USC has just increased their national appeal um, by moving to the Big Ten Conference. And that makes a lot of other recruits um, available. Um, and and it, it's, it's, when I say makes them available to the other Midwest schools, conversely, um, this also opens up the Midwest recruits to USC. Um, you know, you would think to yourself, you know, how hard and how difficult can it be, you know, convincing, you know, some Midwest beef to, you know, move out to the West Coast for three to five years, hang out at the beach, play football? Well, you know, USC recruiting fans who follow, um, who, who follow USC's recruiting, 
Um, they've been on bended knee, both hands pressed together, praying to, to the Lincoln Riley God, we need offensive linemen. Well, Lincoln Riley's finding out just how difficult recruiting offensive linemen to the West Coast um, can be. And that's why winning now uh, is so important. You know, fighting off um, the lesser brand names for the local uh, recruits, that's easy. Uh, That should always be easy for USC. But if they don't start winning now and convincing the recruits that they can hang out and, and, and compete with the Ohio State's, and, you know, if you want to look at Michigan, who, who's had a, a little bit of a rise recently, they made it to the playoffs last year. Uh, Wisconsin is always going to be a solid program. Penn State recruits really well with James Franklin. Uh, you know, these are programs that are going to be coming into USC's backyard now. So um, it's going to be very important that USC prove to the local recruits, hey, yeah, we're moving into a better, more competitive conference, and we're going to be ready to compete and win that conference so we can uh, get you prepared for the NFL. And don't believe me? Head on over to betonline.net because uh, betonline.net, they're also your number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. So when you're not listening to Locked On USC or getting your recruiting and other you know, U.S. information at wersc.com, uh, betonline.net is another resource for you. You can find all of your latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, um, including Major League Baseball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And betonline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. And as we get closer to the college football season, guarantee you'll find that there. So head on over to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Okay, so, uh, you know, we touched a little bit on recruiting and how important it's going to be. On a previous episode... Um, we spoke about uh, how USC is going to be kicking off their road game farewell tour that's going to to last for two seasons. And on our previous episode, we we looked into the 22 uh, road schedule. Well, we're going to go ahead now, and uh, we're in we're in 2023, USC's last year in the Pac-12, and as far as I can tell, USC is going to have four conference road games. They'll have five road games in 2023 when we uh, include Notre Dame. Whether or not Notre Dame will be a member of the Big Ten at that time, unofficially, is yet to be seen. However, um, USC will be playing Arizona State, Cal, that will probably be their last Joe Roth Memorial game. Uh, is it, will it be the last one ever? Uh, Oregon and Colorado. So, um, yeah, only four conference road games. And I'm sure uh, the conference is going to give USC some really nice parting going away gifts. And for whatever reason, 
anticipate a Friday night in Boulder in November, uh, just as one of those, uh, thanks for being a member of our conference. Take this with you. So, um, you know, as I mentioned, the Trojans, they, they're actually going to play five road games in 2023, uh, Notre Dame being that fifth. So we'll see, uh, you know, how, just how important is that Jules Shalalee winning that final game as a Pac-10 representative, or does it even matter? Uh, but, you know, we want to talk about the, uh, the four conference road games. And we also uh, talked about the five stages of grief that everybody's going through right now with the Pac-12 demise. And uh, with these four games that are going to be played in 2023, uh, I'm every, well, let's just go down the list here. I don't know what, um, you know, how, how USC will be playing, you know, in what the schedule will look like. Um, So, but I'm going to assume again, the conference is going to stick it to USC and make their schedule as difficult as possible. So let's assume Arizona State is the first game. I I can see uh, USC playing in Tempe late September in the afternoon. Uh, it's happened before, guys. People, it's happened before. I've been there. Uh, USC and Arizona State played in the desert at 1230 in the afternoon, triple digits. No, um, I don't know what it's like to play a football game in a convection oven, but that's what it kind of felt like. And I kid you not, the stadium that day, they ran out of bottled water sometime early in the third quarter. I'm not joking. Um, you know, I know the stadium has gone through a, a you know some renovations since that game. I think that was 2005, uh, and back then they had metal bleachers. <laughs> yeah, we were literally like, we were the fans were cooking inside the stadium. So if it's 110 degrees outside, you know it's hotter down on the field. Those aluminum benches that we were sitting on or trying to uh, those things were much hotter than 110 degrees it was miserable so yeah that's how the pac-12 does things uh, hopefully usc will get a better will get better scheduling treatment once they officially join the big 10 conference uh, as far as arizona's uh, stage of grief where they're at they're in the acceptance stage they know that they're going to the Big 12. It's only a matter of time. And they also know that they're probably going to have a new head coach by the time they start Big 12 conference play. Um, by the time the Sun Devils get there, Herm Edwards will have run out of scapegoats. And he'll have also run out of all the excuses that uh, he's been using for those COVID shenanigans uh, that they did during 2019. You know, everybody really tried to follow the rules in the Pac-12. Meanwhile, Herm Edwards flaunted, and he, he, he had members of his staff driving back and forth between Arizona and California. They were hosting recruits. They were doing everything they should not have been doing. And it looks like they're probably going to get away with it. So unless the Pac-12 decides to hammer them this year and next year, I, 
why? What's the point? Anyways, uh, moving on. Cal will also be uh, on the uh, farewell road game tour in 2023. The Weekender. And, uh, you know, Stanford is one year. Cal is the other year. So depending on odd year, it's Cal. Even year, it's Stanford. Uh, So I first want to make sure I apologize. On the previous episode, I I called it the Joe Cap Memorial Game. It is the Joe Roth Memorial Game that the two programs always play. Uh, Do a little uh, research on the internet. Joe Roth, young man, played quarterback, was diagnosed with cancer, died uh, very shortly after the game was played. Sad, sad story. Um, But it's a very important game to the Cal fans. And USC uh, should feel honored that they've been selected to be a part of it. And the reason being is Cal looks at beating USC as almost as important as they look at beating Stanford. Almost. Um, But it's up there. However, uh, they are going to be in the anger stage of grief. So um, hopefully uh, they can accept my apology for the brain flatulence that I had when I called it the Joe Cap game. But uh, they uh, they are definitely going to be in, in the anger stage. But they shouldn't be too mad considering they've won two of the last three contests between USC and, 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 and Cal. Um, so as far as USC is concerned, it's imperative that they win these final two games. And especially that final road game in 2023. And personally for me, you know, this has always been one of my favorite road games to attend. Uh, Their fans hate, and I mean, they have a visceral hate for everything that is USC. And I, I think it comes down to because they're the number one public university in the country. USC is a private school. They haven't always been considered one of the more elite academic institutions, but they've come a long way uh, since these two programs have been playing each other in football. And, you know, USC typically kicks bare butt. So anytime Cal gets a a victory um, between these two programs, they cherish it. So, I mean, there's so much hate between in this game, the bands don't even like each other. I mean, there's, there's so much animosity um, you know, they the bands have thrown frozen objects at each other over the years, and you know, <laughs> there's they have what's called frat row up in Berkeley. And if you've ever had the opportunity to experience this um, as a fan, whether you, you're a USC fan or a fan of another program, check it out. Um, the drunk cat calls before the game or not for the faint of heart. And if Cal ever wins, you need to hide the women and the kids and avoid Piedmont Avenue like it was the plague. That's where uh, their frat row is. It's on Piedmont. It turns into one giant kegger. And I'm not kidding. They, uh, these kids might, these young, young adults might be highly book smart. But I'll tell you what, man, when they cut loose, you would think, um, wow, yeah, I, 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 I'm not going to throw any pejorative terms out there. However, 
Cal fan loves to beat USC, and they will let you know when they win, especially up there in Berkeley. So I really hope this is not the end of an era. Uh, USC and Cal have been playing each other longer than any other opponent, um, 110 times dating back to 1912. So I would hate to see 2023 be the last time uh, these two teams play each other. I'm still hoping that Cal uh, gets to join Stanford when Notre Dame eventually joins the Big Ten Conference. Cal and Stanford can come in. That makes 19. We just need one more to make it an even 20. But I think uh, that would be a natural fit. So until we find that out, I'm hoping that if Cal does not make it in, that they are always on USC's out-of-conference schedule. Um, But we'll see how that goes. Third on the uh, farewell tour, that's going to be the Colorado Buffaloes. Now, I think Colorado is also in the acceptance stage of their grief process. They know they're going back home to the Big 12. Now, when they left, it, it wasn't the Big 12. And I don't even know what their number is going to be when they show back up. But yeah, I don't know if they're really groveling, but I think they're going to, that's where they're going to end up when everything's all said and done. You know, them along with Utah, they arrived a decade ago and um, they've had, the Buffaloes have had very little impact since they've arrived. Um, they've never beat the Trojans. Um, so maybe, you know, in 23, Ralphie and the Buffaloes will get lucky one time before a, Ralphie runs back to the Big 12 and USC heads off to the Big 10. Uh, personally, what I'm going to miss, I'm going to miss that press box spread that they feed us. Let me tell you, um, there's not a whole lot that the media gets to look forward to when they when they go to these road games. Food is usually the number one thing. Colorado does it right. Of all the press boxes that I've been to, these guys, yeah, they get my vote. Uh, they have somebody who does who who bar who who does personal catering, uh, barbecue, smoke, everything, ribs, meatloaf, um, pulled pork. I, I, I mean, it just the food doesn't end, and just when you think you've seen it all, he brings out more, and then at some point he brings out the desserts. And it is just every baked confection you can imagine and conceive. It is amazing stuff. I'm going to miss going to Colorado. Um, But again, the games haven't been competitive. USC is still undefeated against the Buffaloes. I would hate for 2023 uh, to be fed really well, but to leave there on a losing note. Um, I'll tell you, I, I leave Boulder, Colorado, 10 pounds heavier. So I'm going to miss you guys. The fourth game is going to be Oregon. And right now they are going to, they are angry and they are going to remain angry. And they are going to remain angry until USC shows up. Now, I'm sure by the time USC arrives in Eugene in two years, uh, the Ducks will know where they'll be playing in the future, whether it's the Big 12, ACC, SCC, maybe the Big 10, who knows. Um, 
as of right now, they're lame ducks and they're stuck in a watered down Pac-12. And Uncle Phil Knight has been put on the, please don't call us, we'll call you waiting list. So this is why the ducks are in the anger stage of grief. Um, <laughs> you know, Oregon felt that they had arrived and, and they considered themselves USC's equal. Uh, you know, they've, they've had some, some, they've had some success in football recently. Um, there's no denying that, but they also learned a hard lesson and they learned that Oregon offers very little other than just a whole lot of uniform combinations and the ability to take advantage of USC's ineptitude. When USC is struggling, that's typically when Oregon does well. Um, now, I, I'm not going to miss going to Eugene at all. Uh, look, anybody who listens to Inside the Trojan Huddle, when you're not listening to Locked on USC over there at wersc.com, uh, we do a weekly podcast called Inside the Trojan Huddle, and the star of our of our panel is Chris Arledge. Uh, he just knows how to. He is a he is an orator, he is a lawyer, and he knows how to sell. Um, check it out. But I also dislike Oregon almost as much as Chris. Not as much, but close. I was up there in Eugene when Carson Palmer was a freshman and he broke his clavicle right before halftime. It wasn't known at that time, but when he came out of the locker room at halftime, I also heard their fans mocking him because they saw his arm in a sling. So uh, there's a reason why Oregon fans are considered the dregs of the Pac-12 conference. I call them the least sophisticated fan base not only in the Pac-12, they might be the least sophisticated fan base in the country. Uh, we'll let the SEC uh, jump into that argument because I'm sure they've got plenty of representatives. Um, so as far as uh, when USC arrives in Eugene, I think all bets are off for this tussle um, because nothing would be, well, as far as I'm concerned, nothing's going to be better than seeing uh the USC team standing at midfield after this game, maybe mocking the, uh, the fan base, the Oregon fan base. Some of you guys might remember um, years and years ago, Oregon erected a billboard right along the 110 freeway, kind of where the Galen Center is now. And it, uh, <laughs> it left an impression on USC. Well, USC went up went up to uh, Oregon that year or the following year. I can't remember exactly precisely. And they won. And the USC ride receivers mocked, did a mocking pose of the billboard. <laughs> it was kind of cool. So uh, I would love to see USC close out Eugene with some sort of going away gift to the, uh, to the Oregon faithful. But until we uh, find out where Oregon's playing, um, who knows? USC and Oregon could be renewing their hatred with each other. Should Oregon show up in the Big Ten? Never know. All right. Before we get out of here, 
you know, it's been kind of a slow uh, Trojan sports news week, uh, but I don't want you to think that I've forgotten about the basketball team and how they're going to have to transition to the big conference. Uh, there is one scheduling note that we can bring up with the basketball program. Uh, Colorado State and USC will be playing each other uh, in this upcoming Jerry Colangelo Classic down in Phoenix. Um, last year, the Rams were a succeed in the NCAA tournament. So we don't know how good they're going to be in 2022. But anytime USC can um, you know, challenge themselves out of conference, uh, it will prepare them for the conference slate. Uh, hey, remember last year when everybody was wondering if Andy Enfield was going to uh, bolt for USC and take that Maryland job that was open? Well, uh, USC extended Andy Enfield, uh, but it is kind of ironic <laughs> that you, he'll be coaching against Maryland. And it's something else that we're going to have to look here. You know, we talked about earlier in the show how, you know, USC football is going to be affected. I think USC's basketball recruiting is going to be affected the most. Um, You know, will USC playing in the big, you know, how is that going to affect their recruiting? You know, USC recruiting has done extremely well since Enfield has uh, taken over the program. Um, How much better can it get now? You know, for me, uh, I, I think the biggest question is, is how is the conference schedule going to work itself out? Football, we know they're going to play one game a week. Basketball, uh, they're going to be doing some plane hopping. Uh, I'm not sure how many row games I'm going to be able to attend in the media. So I'm going to start taking donations now. Uh, but I'll tell you what, I'm going to find a way to scratch off some of my hoop game bucket lists. I mean, a game in assembly, assembly hall against Indiana, that doesn't sound like it would suck. And I definitely want to check out Minnesota's barn. So um, I think Trojan basketball fans are going to be a huge winner out of this. And I think the basketball program overall, because in the Midwest, Sport is a passion, and I'm not saying it's not a passion on the West Coast, but the fans tend to be more passionate in the Midwest, and I'm hoping that that rubs off on USC, particularly the basketball program. So in that sense, I think USC is a huge winner. So um, next, you know, we'll be back next week. We'll, uh, we'll have some more USC information, football, and basketball, hopefully, to go over with you. Always make Locked On USC your first listen every day. And when you're not listening to Locked On USC, you know, check out the other Locked On shows like the Locked On Pac-12 and Locked On Big Ten. Uh, They can get you covered in 30 minutes or less. And when you're done listening to Locked On USC, head on over to WeRSC.com. Check out the content from Eric McKinney. Scott Schrader's got the recruiting stuff. Uh, Eric is doing, you know, he's breaking down positions, talking about where there might be some issues, if there are any. And always uh, check out Greg Katz's two columns. In my humble opinion, and the obvious, not so obvious, we got everything for you over there. So until then, fight on.